Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Needham. Today, like all days, we are going to help you uh, be a better seller to understand e-commerce. And what, you know, one thing that I you know think about a lot lately is like, you know, how do you increase your chances of success? How do you change it to 100%? You know, what are the things that you could throw behind that, you know, uh, that makes success inevitable? I do think there are things that um, anyone can do. And I know we're going to cover a few things on this episode that uh, really, they build up like um, uh, marketing assets. When I say assets, like things that just like, you know, just uh, keep giving you value, profitable uh, returns so that you can uh, you can grow your brand. I've just been uh, chatting with um, Andrew Math from uh, Blue Tusker and What's really great is we're going to talk about things that have been on the back of my mind literally in the last week or two. I've been like, oh, I wish we would have done this. And he has experience with it. Andrew, welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So you, you've been around the block. You have your own podcast, The Ecom Show. You, um, you know, this looks like it's your second agency. Um, third. Third, <laughs> third. Okay. So you know, you know the ups and downs, but like, and but this you're not you're not focused just on Amazon. Um, I uh, you you know uh, there's this dangerous word that I see uh, content marketing and like it's an umbrella of many things of just like how you get the word out about what you're doing or what you're selling your service and it's very effective if it's done right. You know it kind of like turns into something. And I want to just like ask you some questions, you know, uh, we could even poke at some of my Amazon uh, products, uh, some uh, brands that I own. And like a lot of it's going to be like wishing we, we had done things earlier, done this and this. And, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll jump in. Did, did, did I miss anything? No, man, let's do it. Okay. I'm in. So when, you know, when you say, when you, when you think of a content marketing from um, a e-commerce perspective, like what comes to your mind? Content marketing really is like, to us, it's like an umbrella statement because it really does kind of involve email marketing, article creation, uh, video creation, social media, like really any kind of form of content. Um, a lot of times we kind of refer to it a little bit more specifically around article creation and developing a website or a brand into an asset, but the term content marketing in itself could really be leveraged for creating any kind of content, whether it's written or video or, uh, you know, imagery or anything like that. Um, I, I totally agree. Like there's, there's specific types and sometimes it's matching, uh, your product with a type of. Uh, how people will find your product or be yeah. um, influenced by what you have. You know, if you have like a, a brand that is really centered around a hobby, a lifestyle, social media works better in those ends. Um, but if you have a product that, you know, very niche or like a one-time purchase, you know, that's where you might go into the, uh, you know, article creation, go for some say some SEO. And if you do really well, you know, you, that, that can work. Am I, is, is that, is that a good read? Yeah, exactly. So it kind of opens up a bit of a wormhole around like why, you know, I, I typically tend to push doing stuff like this. 
when you're an Amazon seller, let's say you're an, you're an FBA seller and you're clearing seven figures annually, right? You're probably going to one day, hopefully exit. Chances are you're going to exit at about a two to three X EBITDA, right? If you actually start to develop either uh, an audience that you have access to, or maybe you develop a website, even if it's not transactional, it's just a blog or something like that, that actually is bringing in, you know, X amount of traffic, uh, obviously a good amount of traffic over time, you actually start to develop additional assets. So when someone goes to acquire you, they're looking for, they're going to get revenue out of it. But now they're also going to get a significantly more of an asset. So you think about if you were, uh, I know you and I were talking about this earlier, right? So let's use your, your pickleball product as an example, right? Is yeah. it like a pickleball kit? Kind of thing? Um, yeah, it's a set of two, uh, you know, paddles, sometimes with balls, sometimes in a bag, you know. Okay. So so for that one, right, that's a growing audience. That is a, uh, that's a product that's being searched a lot more because it's growing, but it's also an audience where everyone that plays it is like really into it and they all really talk about it. So it, developing a community is, is going to be relatively simple. That's usually your go-to for social. But then your other side of it, because you also have the search volume, that's also good for SEO. So in, in this stand or for this product specifically, you could do both. So you can write a ton of articles about pickleball. You could do a ton of articles around like the new um, professional pickleball league. And like, I think Tom Brady just bought in on a league on that. Yeah. Like it's literally just creating content around pickleball. So all of a sudden you now become the thought leader of the industry of the place to go to a pickleball. It's kind of like creating a media company. The one difference is that you're going to self-promote your product. So either A, you become, you join the Amazon Associates program and you just do a bunch of links on your site, sending people to get started with Pickleball. You can create a bunch of images and stuff. I never suggest doing like Google AdSense on your own, uh, on your own blog because you're not going to make a ton of money that way. And you're just making a really horrible experience for whoever's <laughs> reading it. What I do suggest is creating your own custom imagery to make it look like a display ad, but it's really your product. And then you send people to your listing. You've got the Amazon Associates program. You can actually start to get a commission from that from a little bit. But yeah. the actual benefit of that is if you do link directly to the listing and you skip over the Associates program, because you're using that URL specifically, the page authority for your listing starts to go up. So when someone searches pickleball kit or something like that on Google, your listing on Google will start to get higher. So you'll notice that a lot of the sellers who do really well, they're getting most, uh, they're not paying so much for uh, traffic. They're actually benefiting from a lot of the organic that they're getting. And in some cases in Amazon, it looks like people are coming to you because you're on page one, et cetera. But what most people don't factor in is the traffic they might be getting from Google because their, their listing is actually ranked really high for a certain uh, keyword. Yes. Um, you said a lot of things there that are like interesting. One, it's like to do this really well, it's almost like you have to become a media company. Um, and like that, that, that obviously can be, um, you know, diced in a lot of different ways, but basically like, what is a media company? Like a blog could be a media company or, uh, someone's really good at like video right now. It's really popular short form videos and, you know, just being able to crank that type of stuff out, get better at it and, you know, reach your audience in a way that they, you know, want to engage and learn and get educated and entertained all those things. And if you have that skill, yeah, then then you've got something. That's I I I think it's interesting. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's a lot 
it it sounds like a lot, right? Like when you when you listen to like the the Gary V's of the world that are like, oh, just make one video and then chop it up and use it five thousand times, and then all of a sudden you're famous and you're rich. Like it doesn't really work that way, huh, but right? it is it is a lot easier than it sounds, right? So let's keep to the pickleball reference, right? You could easily create a podcast around pickleball, right? You could either talk about it just yourself. You could have, you could ask pickleball, like professional pickleball players to be on your show. Like who they're not doing anything. They're not that big yet. So you could totally get them on the show, have a conversation with them. It's a 30 minute episode, right? You then take that hire a VA, right? Super inexpensive, go overseas, just ask them, be like, I want you to chop this up wherever you think is fit in as many pieces as you can. Great. You might get a bunch of junk, but you might get a bunch of stuff that's really useful. You could probably get a VA overseas for definitely under $10 to do stuff like that. All yeah. of a sudden now you've got a ton of short-term short -term video, right? Short-form video. You've got all that. Then what you can do, take the podcast, put it into a transcription platform, transcribe the whole thing, give it to a writer, tell them, take this transcription, put it at the very bottom of this article. And I want you to write like two, maybe three paragraphs, just summing up the entire conversation, right? Now you have an extremely large article that you could publish. That article in itself, put the proper links in there, put some headers in there and stuff like you, you got to make sure that it's SEO friendly and you have all the extra SEO stuff that you need to add in it, like uh, inbound on links, back outbound links, alt tags, all that fun stuff. But outside of that, now you've got a big article. Then what you can do is you could also hire another writer, use one of the um, AI platforms, right? So it writes for you. You still need to have a writer use it. They're not perfect. You might yeah. want to just use an editor uh, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we, we, we've used Jasper a little bit. It's, it's really good, but it's also not perfect. No, it, none of them are perfect. I don't think any of them will ever be perfect. It still requires a writer. It still requires someone to make sure that what's being written is accurate, but it makes it go a lot faster. What you can do then though, is take that whole article, give it to a writer and be like, here's all the topics we wrote, we talked about. Write a, uh, you know, a 1500 word article for each of these, right? If they're using something like a Jasper, they can probably knock those out in a week. If you get someone overseas who can, who is a solid editor, and can just review stuff that's coming through Jasper. Now you've got multiple different articles. If you take every single one of those articles, link to the podcast where you discussed all those things, right? Then take that podcast article that you created and link to all the small articles. You've essentially now created what from an SEO standpoint is considered a pillar piece. So it's a really big article that is targeted to a specific type of, that's targeted to a, a specific like, category or specific topic, right? And then if you start doing outbound, so you start doing backlinking, you again, get someone overseas. You can definitely get someone under 10 bucks to do this one. You just set up a bunch of different types of emails to work with, like getting backlinks and things like that. You just focus on that pillar piece. What starts to happen is the page authority for that pillar piece starts to go up and it starts to rank better for whatever term it's ranking for. All the little ones start to go up with it because it's referencing them. So all their page authorities go up as well. So every individual keyword that you're now targeting for those smaller articles, as well as the big pillar piece starts to rank. And if you're putting your Amazon listing on there as well, your Amazon listing starts to go up. Well, I hope everyone realizes that they just heard, you know, an awesome, like a full SEO strategy that, yeah, I think it's few, cheap. <laughs> yeah. I think a few of those, I think a few of those uh, uh, steps, you know, are a little bit trickier first time getting through it. 
being like, yeah. oh, like, you know, how do I hire this? What's good? What's it? But like, it's ultimately not crazy expensive, but you can get so much out of it. Very interesting. You, you clearly uh, seen this, you know, a few different times. Um, is it, is it, is this like very possible, very niche products? Like, uh, like, like we, we were talking about pickleball and like, that's, you know, a growing emerging, you know, people think and, and talk about it, but like, you know, a lot of Amazon products are just kind of trinkets. They're things in the house, they're home decor. And, you know, something as simple, like one, one of our products is dinner bells and, you know, who's searching dinner bells and like looking, wanting to see the interviews with like, uh, people talking yeah. about it. What, um, refresh my memory. Cause I don't even know if I know what a dinner bell is. So, uh, just like a home decor, like, think you like you, it could be as simple as like something that's outside that like, you know, you're okay. ring, so, yeah, you're yeah, like you ring for yeah, the kids. Like you ring okay. Yeah. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. So very, okay. So that's a lot easier then. So basically in this scenario, social media is not going to do much for you. I, I'm sure there's people out there who be like, no, you could still do it. Yeah, you could do it. You could go after like a home decor audience, but that's so broad in comparison to what it is you're selling that it's going to be an uphill battle. What you could do is a, you could just do Google ads and just go after terms like dinner bell, right? If you're, if you're a CPC on Amazon is significantly higher, check out what it is on Google. See what the search volume is for stuff like dinner bell, and then just drive that traffic either a to a storefront or B straight to the listing. You can use Amazon attribution. You can use Amazon associates. If you do a storefront, you got source code. There's so many ways you can send it to Amazon track what's working. Or you can do stuff where you're creating articles just around the term like dinner bells. Like you can write stuff that is a little bit more targeted towards situations where you would use a dinner bell. I'm sure there's some search volume around a dinner bell. You could probably do like 10 movies with like dinner bell references or something like that. But like you're really just trying to rank your Amazon listing higher in Google for the term, let's just say dinner bell. So it's not something that like, in my opinion, I would bother going after like an audience and doing social ads or creating a social plat, uh, you know, a social profile around it. Like it's, unless you expanded that product line, it's not yeah. really worth it yeah, because no, it's no. so broad. I see a lot of, you know, new people, they think like, oh, I want to do my own marketing. And they're just like create an Instagram page on something that's like just flat from the beginning. Yeah, if you, if you, if you're if if there's a thriving community that likes to think, talk, like get content, like yeah, go for it. I don't know, I I I think that's um really interesting the way you drive that. Now, a lot of people, uh, uh, my business, it's successful on Amazon. It's not successful anywhere else. And what is you know, I think. When we when we were like building up this idea, this concept around content marketing, you said that um, it's almost important first to validate off Amazon traffic as as something that works. Yeah. Um, and like, tell me a little bit more about like why would you need to validate this off Amazon traffic and not just like uh, th- th- this this is around maybe the idea of, of, of grabbing people's emails in some fashion, but like why would you have to validate that like people convert from uh, say Google first. So every time 
honestly, like in my opinion, I don't even really know if it's that necessary to validate. If you know your audience, you should know how to find them. And it's just a matter of finding them elsewhere and driving them to Amazon. The reason that I kind of mapped out a way to ease into it and and test as much as you can, like between going from, let's say, you know, you're just selling on Amazon to maybe you build a website is mainly because of the consistent pushback I always get when I try to explain to Amazon. Like if you're solely an Amazon seller off Amazon is like a new world to you. And what most Amazon sellers don't realize is that it's kind of like starting your business all over again. But if you do it correctly and you think about the asset that you have available to you now, which is success on Amazon, you can leverage that for off Amazon, right? So I'll walk you through like what I usually say is like the process, right? And it, it, I'll, I'll try to rattle it off because it's a little long, but stay with me. Yeah. So let's, all right. So you got, and in this scenario, you're trying to build a brand, right? You're trying to build, um, you know, a, a private label, most likely a private label brand around a certain type of product line in most cases, right? Mm-hmm. If you're doing individual products and you're just kind of like, you know, like I believe, which is kind of how you have your business where you're just finding holes in the market and you're doing what you can to make your money in each individual product. To me, that's more of a, there's certain aspects of stuff off Amazon that I wouldn't bother with. I would do stuff like Google ads. I'd consider like SEO approaches, but I wouldn't bother with social or anything like that unless it's a breakout product. And now you're thinking like, I wonder if I should build a brand around this thing. If you've already got a brand on Amazon, start to map that out. First thing I always suggest, get your brand registered, build out a really nice storefront. Don't half-ass the storefront. Make sure it looks good. Make sure it looks almost how you would want your website to function. What you start doing is doing sponsored brand ads targeted to your storefront. Make sure, add, you know, add in the option where you can actually like add to cart directly from your storefront and see that your storefront has the ability to convert. So basically, the first thing you're doing is you're proving out that your storefront can convert, right? So now we've narrowed down the storefront. That's the easy part. Now what you want to do is go, okay, who's my audience and where are they off of Amazon? Chances are, if you look into some of your brand analytics, you might be able to get some of that information around like maybe demographics or anything along those lines that you can kind of get a bit of a baseline in, but you might have to do some of your own research. But once you figure that out, so let's say your pickleball, uh, just that product alone, let's say you want to start to private label that and you, or you want to start to build a brand around that. Start sending traffic to storefront. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to test two different things in this scenario because it works in both Google ads and probably I'd start with Facebook, Instagram ads, driving traffic directly to your storefront. The problem with doing that is you can't, tr- you, Amazon's not going to tell Google or Facebook that someone converted. So the only option you have is to basically targeting, maximizing clicks. So you're going to get a lot of traffic. So I wouldn't worry too, too much about your storefront's conversion rate. I would just want to see what did I spend and what actually converted. If you use a source code, if you're sending the traffic to the storefront, you're using a custom source code, you can see how many people actually converted, right? So now I get an idea of like, all right, Google's getting me this much conversion. Facebook's getting me this much conversion. Let's say we all live in a beautiful world. That works out perfectly. Okay, great. I'm making more money this way. Next thing you want to do is just build a landing page. Don't jump into a website. Don't go that whole route. Build a landing page that has an a- available on Amazon button on it. Don't even bother giving them the option. Where, where would you build a landing page? If you're thinking that you're going to end up wanting to build a website, I would just go ahead and do it on Shopify. Shopify is dirt yeah, yeah. cheap. It's like what if, 30 it, what, bucks. If, what, if, what, if, what if you just like just want a page? 
Um, you just want like a one, a helium tens got them helium ten S pages. You can do it that way. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot what they call it. I don't think it's Cerebro. It's one of their things, but helium tens got one. Um, uh, it's one we've used before. There's a couple others out there. We can just make a page. Yep. Um, there's even some stuff that integrates with Shopify that you don't have to have a Shopify to use it. But what I would do there is just available on Amazon. That's it. So now what I want to do is drive that traffic to this landing page. I'll probably have like a, you know, maybe you want to give them a discount on Amazon to incentivize them a little bit. So I'll have a pop-up, be like, sign up here to get 10% off. And then you give them your Amazon code and then let them go to Amazon. But really what you're trying to do there is A, start to build an email list if you can, but B, you're trying to see now can I get my product to convert off the storefront? So now I've proven a little bit that I'm now converting off of Amazon to a certain extent, but all my transactions are still going to Amazon. At that point, is when you start testing, adding in a traditional buy button where you actually put incentives on the landing page itself to get people to convert on the landing page. At this point, the only thing that you've invested in is advertising to the storefront, which at this point you've already kind of proven has worked if you've gotten this far and then building a landing page. So outside of your advertising costs, which you're probably already doing on Amazon anyway, there's no additional fees outside of design and development of a landing page, which, you know, if you get a good one in place, it's not going to run you more than like 1500, maybe $2,000 tops. Start to develop that, start to test it. If you can actually get people to convert on the landing page. So now people are buying through the buy now button. I usually say, let it ride for a little while, build up some revenue, just to get more of a list going of an email list going. If you're doing uh, social ads, start to get a little bit more of that data going, start to justify a little bit more. So just let it ride for a little while and develop revenue from off Amazon. That will justify eventually your cost of developing a website. All right, so backtrack real quick. So we proved the storefront, we run ads to it. We then prove, we've then now proven the storefront. So we develop a landing page only to go to Amazon. We then prove that out. Once we prove that out, we then end, add a buy button to convert on the landing page. Then we let it bake for a while develop the revenue off Amazon, treat it almost like a bit of a separate business for a little while, take that capital. That's when you want to build a website. Your website, I'm a big, big believer in, do not half-ass it. My stepmom has this like saying she said since I was a kid, cheap, uh, it, cheap is expensive. So if you go really cheap, it's going to cost you more down the line. You're going to end up with a garbage website that's not converting well. You're not going to have any of the options that you need to have. Templates can sometimes be a struggle. So you want to make sure that you have a good designer and a developer that can at at a minimum put a decent template together. But Mm -hmm. once that website's in place, I'm still a believer in putting that available Amazon button next to the buy now button for a long time, because what's going to happen is you're going to start driving traffic to a website that doesn't have any reviews on it. It's got no social proof. So you're going to start driving this traffic to something where everyone's kind of a little hesitant. And they're like, I don't know. I've never heard of this brand before, unless you've built obviously a large enough list to justify that. But then at that point, you have your bells and whistles, your different features on the site to get them to convert on the site. And then you start A-B testing, getting rid of the available on Amazon button. If that works, you get rid of the available on Amazon button and you see that you're still converting on your website. You now have a private label um, brand that you've built off, then you start to look at other things. Do I want to build the site into more of an asset? So do I start doing more SEO? Now that I've started to build this uh, community on social media, do I do a Facebook group or do I, you know, really get hard, like in going bigger and creating content on social? Like there's 500 other things that you could be doing, but I find that that's the easiest, 
most inexpensive way to test off Amazon traffic to not only grow your Amazon business, but to also grow the business as a whole. That's, that's a lot. Um, and if people and talk, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Like I think there's, uh, you know, kind of two different frameworks that we talked about on this about, you know, building your business a little bit bigger, a little uh, more, uh, less dependent on Amazon. And that if people are really listening or really jumping in, they might even listen to this episode twice to uh to jump in but um let's uh um if p here's a question if people want to learn more about like you know just thinking outside amazon thinking content marketing what are your what, where did you learn what are your resources i used to read a lot of books then i lost time so now it's mostly podcasts um yeah. you know listening to you know, it, when you're in the e-commerce business, it, you really want to cater to listening to a lot of e-commerce specific um, podcasts, which obviously makes sense. But if you're looking into marketing your product, <clears throat> listen to a lot of the marketing podcasts. Don't, but just because they're talking about B2B something or whatever, don't immediately tune it out. There's a lot of B2B stuff that works really well for B2C that so many people don't do podcasts, webinars, uh, direct mail, cold outreach. Like there's some stuff in that direction that actually is not that bad and can work really well for e-commerce sellers. We do it for a bunch right now. And it's just a matter of thinking outside the box. And sometimes it takes you to step away from the industry that you're focused on mm -hmm. and listen to marketers in other industries and hear what they're doing. Interesting. That's cool. Um, well, um, Andrew, your show is simply called the ecom show you've done it for two years and i mean if you uh do more stuff like what you just did right now i'm sure there's a ton of value there so uh you know check it out if because like you said you know you do have to kind of listen you know especially if you have if you're working a lot if you're a parent like you know you're not sitting down reading books a lot and so listening is kind of one of the best ways to to learn more um, now I've got a question. Let's, let's get, uh, this is how I like to wrap up. Um, what is the best tool that you use, uh, for, in, uh, in your business in, in, uh, with Blue Tusker? Uh, what's the most impactful tool that you guys use? Oh man. Um, like if it was gone, if, if it left, to, if it left tomorrow, that you'd be like, oh crap. And for us as an agency, ours is our CRM. So like we use HubSpot. Yep. Um, but even outside of that, the it does a lot of extra stuff that as a B2B company is really useful. Like we work with a lot of B2B e-commerce sellers who love HubSpot and we live and die in it. So I would say that. Yep. But even I, our even our I, we, we 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 use HubSpot with Smart Scout. So yeah. Yeah. So you get it. Yeah. And then even the D2C ones, something like a Clavio or, you know, Drip or whichever one that they're in, those email marketing platforms, I think are so wildly underutilized by almost every, I, I very rarely go into someone's account and be like, oh, wow, you guys are doing a great job with this. Like, keep it up. It's usually like they set up the basic flows they just use the templates that are in there and tweak some of the words and tweak some of the, the creative. Then they do like a once a month campaign that just goes to their entire list that really just pisses people off. Like that whole concept of, of you know, kind of neglecting email marketing is where I really think 
is a big misstep for a lot of e-commerce sellers. And so even from our perspective, so yeah. to answer the question for me, HubSpot, but then even for like the clients that we work with, like if they lost like a Clavio or a drip or something like that, I'd be like, well, now what? Love it. Okay. Well, um, uh, thanks you, Andrew. Sorry. Thank you, Andrew, for coming. Uh, great stuff. And uh, definitely got me thinking in the weeks forward how to, you know, grow some of our uh, businesses. So, uh, yep, we'll, we'll wrap up there. Uh, everyone stay tuned for next week. We have more good stuff and helping you uh, to sell and just to be a better e-commerce seller in general. So with that, uh, take care. One, two, three. Yeah!